Okay. We are recording once again with Dr. Ken Alabeck. And you came on uh, a week ago yesterday. We, we discussed autism and all things related and all things uh, possibly causing it. But um, we didn't get into uh, the, the role of infectious diseases in autism. And uh, so as not to float off into the ether like we did last time by me constantly derailing it. Uh, Dr. Alibet, could you could you direct us in the uh, in the correct direction of infectious diseases and potential causation with autism? Tommy, uh, thank you very much for your desire to to listen Absolutely. to me. Absolutely. Hopefully, for some uh, doctors and for some parents, it would be interesting as well. And not not just from uh, from the point of uh, kind of curiosity. Uh, in my opinion, the topics, uh, the topic of autism is so important uh, that um, so many people are suffering now. Every year we have more and more kids having autism. Uh, we uh, talk about autism and possible causes. Uh, we talk about clinical manifestations, what kind of treatments we are using. Um, but there is uh, another part uh, of autism actually is uh, which is parents uh, suffering because uh, parents having autistic children they have uh, they have uh, a kind of many uh, parents have kind of severe devastation because uh, you know children say, when they're still young say, we don't see many problems of course we see a, the child it, uh, is autistic, but at the same time, we um, in many cases do not understand what we should expect in the future. Uh, so, some children, not a big number of them, are able to overgrow somehow. They are not becoming healthy, uh, but uh, they are kind of getting adapted to uh, their conditions and uh, and able to uh, to live a kind of more or less acceptable life. I mean, just of course, some, uh, some of them are capable of becoming uh, no, relatively uh, regular people, uh, get education and start work. But this is kind of uh, a tip of an iceberg. So the iceberg of uh, autism, let me say, is much severe. I mean, much severe. And you know why it's uh, people uh, don't think that autism is a big problem? Because in, in millions of cases, they simply simply don't see these children. Uh, because these children are uh, at, uh, at their homes, let me say, at residential facilities. Uh, they're going to special schools, uh, special uh, departments of uh, different schools. Uh, some of them are getting, unfortunately, uh, when, uh, I mean, the disease is engulfing them completely, they're, uh, they're taken to uh, special facilities, specialized facilities, and uh, end up, they end up, let me say, with uh, a kind of uh, I mean, 
you know, it's even difficult to explain because people who are outside of this field, outside of this area, they cannot even understand the level of suffering of parents of these kids and uh, the kids themselves. Uh, and you know, just that, uh, why I think it's important. Uh, if you remember last time, I told you a little bit uh, about history of uh, autism discovery and uh, how it was classified. And you, you know what, uh, from this point, it's interesting uh, that autism is still considered a, new, a neuropsychiatric disorder, let's say behavioral disorder, these type of things. And uh, when it was discovered, I mean, and classified, uh, there was no good understanding of uh, viral infections, uh, wouldn't think of inflammation. Uh, then we didn't know much about uh, many chronic diseases. Uh, we didn't know much about uh, uh, our DNA and genome and just what, I mean, kind of, geno uh, I mean, genetic diseases. This type of things, let me say, were not well known. It resulted uh, in a type of treatment which we are using nowadays, uh, almost behavioral therapy, and let me say, and the kind of uh, psycho, uh, I mean, treatment of by, uh, by psychiatrists and neurologists using some uh, antipsychotics, antipsychotics, anticonvulsants, different types of uh, medications uh, focusing on. Uh, on a poor, uh, not even don't modulation, let me say, just it's, uh, some medications uh, with the try to uh, balance uh, a mental state of a child, such as a uh, child. And you know, just uh, parents, many parents, uh, when I talk to them, and maybe just what I need to say, uh, having not hundreds, even thousands of children on treatment, who have been treated before, been on treatment now, and a long line of children uh, staying, or parents staying with me, say, for treatment. Uh, unfortunately, having uh, a license in the former Soviet Union, of course, I can treat the, uh, the kids in those countries, because my diploma actually is a diploma and license from, uh, from the former Soviet Union. Thanks, God, it's applicable to all former Soviet Union countries and even some countries uh, of the former Warsaw Bloc. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, having this uh, number of kids, uh, once I tried to count how many consultations I had. You know, just it's, uh, when I started counting this kind of, this kind of approximation, uh, I was quite scared because it's, uh, According to my calculation, it was about 25 or 20,000 consultations, uh, not 27,000 kids, because when we deal with autism, there is no way uh, to consult and make decisions, let me say, based on a single consultation. Of course, we need to do many things, and kids, uh, they go through a very long period of treatment, uh, and some in some cases, it, uh, five, six, ten, even just I had kids with about 20 consultations being on treatment for about two years. 
It's a very difficult disease, uh, but when we know how to treat it, of course, this we see some significant, or I would say a dramatic change. Uh, and uh, I can even say, and maybe because I didn't have time to publish it, but uh, I'll start to publish clinical case reports uh, showing, let me say, how uh, we can treat and take children from from uh, a severe autism state to a state of no autism, because there are some clinical principles to, uh, we, we can use just, just to define uh, whether a child is autistic or not. And especially just when some parents uh, in a few years say that when they go to uh, some doctors, psychiatrists or neurologists after long treatment, uh, they would say, oh, okay, there is no autism uh, your child is having. But when they start to explain what happened, they say, no, it's not possible because autism is not curable. Yeah. In this case, I have no idea uh, what happened, but uh, your child definitely has no autism. Um, but at the same time, you talks about somebody who is treating it, let me say it's, it's it's a kind of BS because it's absolutely incurable. Everybody knows yeah. that it's, it's not curable. That's why uh, it seems to me our second talk in, in uh, this series, uh, I'd like to dedicate uh, to what we actually see uh, in autistic kids. Uh, we'll put aside things related to uh, neuropsychological uh, symptoms, uh, behaviors, uh, I mean, things uh, for communication, social communication, uh, this type of things, let, let's put aside, even we know what, what it is. From time to time, we'll be coming back. And if you don't mind, uh, I'll start this part. Is it okay if... Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, because my, my talk will be quite long, but at the same time, uh, in my opinion, it has such a huge importance. Uh, and physicians who would uh, look and listen to this, uh, when, if they start analyzing what uh, they see in these kids, they would definitely understand what I'm talking about. And... Uh, Last time we talked about uh, maternal infections and maternal inflammation, right? And uh, today uh, I wanted uh, to, I mean, touch uh, this problem from a different side. And you, you know what I mean? Uh, because when somebody, when a doctor sees a child who's autism, of course they pay attention because in the great majority of cases it, it would be uh, a physician in the field of uh, neurology, psychiatry. Uh, sometimes we can see some endocrinologists not highly involved in this. Uh, and actually, that's it. Maybe in some cases we could see some uh, some physicians in the field not highly related to things I'm to, uh, I'm planning to talk about. Why? Uh, you know, just seeing these children, of course, because it's a, uh, uh, medicine is so, uh, I mean, 
we work in, in compartments now. Uh, there's a compartment of neurological diseases, uh, psychiatric diseases, endocrinology, and even within endocrinology, we can, we can find some decisions who would be taken care of or uh, diagnosing uh, uh, specific areas of uh, endocrinology, like uh, thyroid problems, a kind of physician who would be perfect in uh, thyroid diseases, uh, somebody who would be perfect in uh, adrenal gland diseases. I mean, these type of things. We are in a very small, very narrow compartment. This is one of the problems we're experiencing at this point. The second problem we have, at the, uh, I mean, which it actually happened many years ago. Uh, the field of uh, infectious diseases was actually uh, started taking shape uh, two centuries ago. And what we see at that point when I see we, uh, of course, it's, I mean physicians. Uh, we saw acute diseases. Uh, we saw a big number of uh, contagious uh, infectious diseases like plague, like uh, anthrax, like smallpox, uh, and then uh, some diseases uh, which would be uh, having some kind of obvious symptoms of infection. And you know, this in all focus uh, of uh, inf infectious disease uh, physicians were uh, uh, on treating, finding solutions for acute infections. Uh, understanding of chronic infections uh, came much later. And you know, just even now, uh, I can say uh, we don't have many physicians. And my question is this, whether we have any at this point, at least kind of institutions which would be uh, studying and developing treatment for chronic infections. And because chronic infections, they are uh, much more, I would say, dangerous uh, than acute infections, which are visible. We can diagnose them and we can treat them. You know, from this point. But that's why uh, many years ago, I would say maybe half a century ago, or set of okay, we are planning to close a book of infectious diseases. And you know, because somebody who said this uh, most likely meant uh, chronic acute infection. And you know, but uh, we live now in the world say, of uh, many chronic diseases. And these chronic diseases, uh, in many cases, they have triggers. They have triggers, and these triggers are, in many cases, uh, so-called uh, viruses, uh, viruses, bacteria, some, some other pathogens, which are not able to cause severe acute infections, but they're able to, uh, to cause chronic infections establish a kind of latent state, I mean, chronic, persistent infections, which in many cases we don't pay attention to. Well, okay, because people say, okay, we're all carriers of this. Uh, but the, uh, there is another problem, uh, and it's kind of well-known, because we know that autism is a genetic disease. 
No, nobody, nobody argues that it's you know, how many genes are involved in. Uh, it can be detected and uh, either mutated or we can see some epi epigenetic changes, uh, meaning that they are not uh, congenital. They can can be caused by either uh, kind of environmental factors. And now many people say, okay, we understand that. Uh, the most important, important environmental factors are infections. Infections, uh, not the ones we saw a century ago or two centuries ago. It's a completely different I mean, uh, set of infections. And uh, you remember I told you about uh, torch infections last time. Mm -hmm. uh, but today, uh, without talking about Etiology and pathogenesis. Uh, I'd like to tell a little bit about clinical manifestations uh, in autism, and it's interesting from uh, from this book because when, when we uh, uh, have a kind of clinically uh, accepted diagnosis, and we understand a certain disease, uh, we start describing what kind of symptoms we see in one or another case in one or another disease. And at some point, quite a long time ago, uh, the kind of concept of comorbidities of uh, autism have been established. I mean, we started uh, a kind of uh, uh, getting some knowledge that autism is not just neuro, uh, neuropsychiatric disorder. It's a kind of multi-system disorder. And uh, children and uh, young adults, or even uh, adults with autism, they uh, have a number of, of, at this point, let's call them comorbidities. But in my opinion, they shouldn't be called comorbidities. They should be clinical manifestations uh, of uh, autism path pathogenesis. I mean, the mechanism of this pathology development. And, uh, but before I start talking about this, uh, I'd like to tell about the kind of uh, devastating information which is not well known uh, to many people, or actually to, not known to anybody. Uh, we know that uh, average life Pregnancy here in the United States about 75-79 years, uh, years, and uh, we are moving towards uh, eight year, uh, eight years of expectation. Uh, but for uh, for children who have autism, it's not the case. Uh, average life expectancy for them is about 36-39 years. Wow. How they die? How they die? Many of them die of depression. Many of them die of uh, uh, poor nutrition. Not because they're not fed, but because they have a special preferences what they eat. And many other things which I'm going to tell uh, today. I need to imagine that uh, in the 21st uh, century, 
we have a situation when a huge number of people, millions of people, are not able to live long lives. It's absolutely impossible. It's absolutely not acceptable. In this case, if some people think that uh, using behavioral therapy or using some psychotropic drugs, we are able to treat diseases which are underlying disease, which are comorbidities of autism, and the diseases which actually are capable of causing uh, uh, shortage of life and bring these people uh, to the states in which, uh, for example, they have very low uh, short life expectancy. It's absolutely impossible. And you know what? Uh, sometimes I think, okay, uh, many years ago, uh, I had a kitten. This kitten was very nice, uh, but you know, when I was playing with the kitten, uh, and he was trying, let me say, to escape and uh, hide someplace. Uh, he was putting uh, his head under a blanket and thought he was invisible. Okay, and this is what we have, maybe this example, I mean, just to, to give a kind of uh, manifestation of the situation. We hide our heads. We say, okay, we treat, we study, but you know, but and pretend that uh, because we do this, and we see so many books which say we will be neurodiversity. We talk about uh, behavioral therapies which can improve the, uh, the children' conditions. Say so, okay, we do everything possible, and you know, just uh, in this case, this is everything we can reach. But this is the biggest, another biggest problem because we see many things. We physicians or scientists, we see so many things. And especially people who are working in the field of clinical science. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying anything against uh, uh, geneticists, molecular biologists, or some, or some amongst the scientists who are studying this particular molecular me mechanisms, and so some other things. But you know, but many things for, uh, with autism, they're on the surface. Just we need, to, we need to have just a very close look. And the, the people who uh, need to work on this, it's, 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 it's a completely new class of, uh, or existing uh, class of physicians. Uh, uh, these are the experts in the field of infection, uh, in the field of uh, immunity, in the field of allergy, autoimmunity and some other conditions we can see in autistic children. And with this understanding, of course, we know what kind of treatment we need to apply uh, because, uh, because all these conditions, they are even having different names. They're having, uh, I mean, a kind of, is it the same or cause the same uh, underlying conditions? This is the case. And again, uh, in order to start, uh, but what I'd like to say, uh, it's not just my knowledge, because what I saw myself actually is, is confirming in 70, 80% cases, what this has been already published. Uh, published by different groups, maybe one publication, two publications, 
And I see when I read publications, I see uh, how some scientists, of course, you cannot uh, show your pain when you have a scientific publication. But you know, through many publications, you say there's a kind of uh, unsaid question. Okay, guys, why don't you hear what we say? Why don't you pay attention to what we publish? Why uh, having so many proof or proofs uh, that it's infection and not COVID? Why, when you see autoimmune, one, when you see uh, allergic, severe allergic problems, when you see many other things, why don't you use anything for treating this case? Why FDA or some institutions responsible, let me say, for developing national, national uh, strategy, uh, national, uh, national cancer, why they don't do this? The Institute of Infectious Diseases and Allergy, the National Institute of Health, you say, has zero projects uh, to study infections, study information in, uh, in autism. And the data is so obvious, and we have no idea why they have no uh, extramural or intramural projects to do this. We know just much effort is uh, uh, a big number of work is done by the Institute of Mental Health of the National Institute of Health. Uh, but they are not, they are psychiatrists, they are neurologists, they are not infectious disease response. They're not uh, experts in studying information. Uh, by saying this, uh, let, let me give some kind of enumeration. You know, just because when we talk about this, enumeration actually is absolutely essential. Essential from this point, because everything I say, uh, you, you can find published in research journals, reputable research journals, or just uh, based on my experience, what I saw myself doing so, so many cases specifically. You know just why we don't talk uh, about such a big number of infections, not infections. Sometimes people say, okay, you can start saying again about uh, infections, torch infections, this type of things and so on. So, okay, from this point, I wouldn't talk about what kind of causative agents involved. I'd like to, uh, I'd like to give you several examples of some infections. We can see systemic local infections we see all the time in these children. I mean, just some of them, what you say, is uh, uh, obvious. Some of them are obvious. Some of them are hidden. But uh, when we talk to some parents, you would find out uh, many of them are having ear infections. And the ear infections are quite severe. OK, first question. OK. Some of them are having uh, brain infections, inflammation in the brain. A severe form of infection. Uh, many of them are having various type of allergy. Maybe because some people say, okay, allergy is not infection. 
Moody's, we need to noise from the immune system state. It's a, it's, it's a problem of hypersensitivity. Uh, then we know that autoimmunity, we can say, is a huge player okay, in autism. And clinical manifestations of this uh, disorders or diseases, we call them comorbidities. But if, for example, we analyze from classification, uh, I mean, uh, medical classification, like using uh, international uh, uh, I, uh, I international catalog of diseases, ICD. You know, you know, just you could see, for example, this. Uh, diseases like uh, ear infections. It's a separate nosological field, nosological disease that's causing severe problems in children. And in case of autism, in about 20, 30, 40%, depending on the country, you see this, uh, these children are having this infection. Uh, then many parents uh, or physicians, or maybe they don't pay attention, they have. Uh, urogenital tract infections. Uh, about 30% of them are having uh, infections of uh, kidneys, uh, uh, I mean, bladder infections. Okay, it's, it's not an infection, it's severe infection, it's chronic. They, sometimes when it's diagnosed, or they try to treat it, but you know, but uh, in about a month, we see uh, it's coming again. In many parents, uh, but they even didn't suspect that, that their children had urogenital infections. Uh, many of them are having oral infections. You know, just how, how many kids are having destroyed uh, uh, teeth? I mean, some of them are having, let me say, practically no teeth, they're all destroyed. But what, what it is, it's, it's, it's uh, metabolic. Uh, endocrine imbalances, but without, let me say, my, uh, pathogenic microbiota, uh, microflora in the mouth, because it's infection, they destroy it. Uh, they have periodontal, uh, they have infected uh, uh, they have, let me say, chronic tonsil, adenoids. So the entire let me say, uh, oral area let me say, is infected. They have stomatitis like uh, purpose viral infection. They have uh, some bacterial uh, problems in the mouth infection. They have fungal, and it's known, it's, but, but people treat autism symptoms. But how would you treat autism symptoms, for example, if you don't treat uh, an infection or a huge number of infections, which actually are inducing and promoting the state because it's inflammation, which actually is attacking the entire body. Uh, and this inflammation is attacking the brain, inducing neuroinflammation. Uh, we have a big number of infections, so-called rhinitis. Rhinitis inflammation in the nose, in the nostril. These infections, we, call, we can call them uh, uh, infectious allergic uh, Many kids are having sinusitis. I mean, just this, I mean, 
senses of the infant. Okay, so, and we don't treat them. And you know, just again, uh, they have many skin infections. Maybe because it's, uh, uh, many people don't know they have different uh, fungal infections. I mean, just on different places of the skin. They have some uh, 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 nail fungal infections. They have a, a, a fungus, let me say, uh, on their toes, toenails. And it's just because these kids are getting infections. And the, the only thing that is, uh, I'd like to say it's uh, they're not diagnosed well. And physicians, in many cases, they don't pay attention to it because they think that the biggest part is uh, neurology. But you cannot treat a uh, neurological problem because we're not talking at this point uh, about etiology or pathogenesis. We're talking this. If you don't treat comorbidity, it's a general principle. You're not able to treat the major disease. Okay? This is just one part. But another. Um, uh, we, uh, when I see uh, these kids, and of course, again, it's published, this information is available. Uh, people uh, think that uh, some kids, they're having some uh, stuffy nose, let me say, they have some allergies, they say, okay, different types of pollen or something like this cause allergies. But allergy, let me say, it's not a simple thing in the case of autistic children. It's a matter of hypersensitivity. And what hypersensitivity is? And it is at this point, we wouldn't talk about what, what happened because it's, it's a, uh, uh, I wouldn't talk about infectious agents at this point. Uh, the major problem is immune system dysregulation. Allergy and immune dysfunction, they're coming together hand by hand. And what, what kind of things? People think, okay, okay, allergy is not a big deal. Uh, I mean, okay, okay we can uh, have some uh, drops uh, into nostril, uh, uh, nostril, and or wash, let me say, nose with some salty water, and everything will be fine. No, it wouldn't be fine. Uh, because what uh, we have uh, case with uh, so many skin. Uh, allergic pathologists. They are connected. I mean, many kids, not all of them, but many of them having these types of pathologies. Uh, many kids are having allergic infections, renitis. I mean, it's another. Uh, some of them have sinusitis. Uh, but what is important to say, there are so many skin problems, like even just, of course, maybe what I say it, it wouldn't be obvious for parents, but for, for physicians, I mean, mastocytosis is a severe uh, problem. Some people say it's uh, autoimmune, some people say it's uh, uh, allergic, but, but you know, in any case, it's hypersensitivity. And what is hypersensitivity? The body is producing a huge amount of mediators of inflammation. 
and specifically histamine production. Histamine is a very severe uh, inflammatory mediator, in addition to some others. Uh, histamine actually is being produced in the brain. And you can imagine a child who is just, we are working uh, with the child, you know, say, to teach him or her how to behave, but he cannot understand things. He cannot appreciate all this treatment maybe because his brain is inflamed. So his, uh, I mean, his brain is producing a big number of inflammatory mediators. And because the process uh, uh, has been continued for years, let me say from the moment of birth or even before, I mean, the brain is connected completely differently. In this case, how we can teach someone uh, under a state of uh, chronic low-grade inflammation, this production of some pre-inflammatory mediators, and it's one child, let me say, is not seen yet. Uh, because a child, in this case, is in a completely different world. Sometimes, just people, because having this big number of children, uh, I've thought about this, okay, infections, just, uh, I told about this, it's allergies and we'll talk about autoimmune conditions. And uh, when I started treating these uh, children, so many parents were scared to death. They were calling me nonstop saying, Dr. Ken, we cannot understand what's happening to our child. I said, what? I mean, our child, uh, after months of treatment, he's sitting on the floor and looking around. I mean, uh, he was just looking uh, on the ceiling, uh, on the walls, let me say, just coming to me and start sniffing, okay, my smell, and so on. So I said, okay, okay, but do you know what, what's happening in this case? Your child, for the first time in his or her life, came back the earth. Um. He is not because he or she saw a completely different world. His or her vision was completely different. I mean, they didn't see things differently, many of them. They didn't hear things differently. They couldn't touch, I mean, uh, they couldn't, uh, I mean, uh, hold any touches because sensitivity was very high. The world was completely different. And you know, just for the first time, uh, they started seeing when you, especially uh, for some children, when the children who were a little bit younger, uh, mothers were saying, okay, my, my child uh, is not sitting on, on my lap, let me say, and keeping my face and trying, let me say, to look into my face. Uh, he's sniffing me, he's, I mean, staying next to me. And you know, just the only thing we, uh, I've done in this case, I treat that infection. Hmm. That's the only thing I've done for the first month, first couple of months, I was treating viral, bacterial, and fungal infections and uh, some supplements to reduce inflammation. That's it. Nothing else. No, no antipsychotic. No. Things because many of them have gone through antipsychotic preparations, let me say, and 
Some of them had more or less acceptable experience, and many of them had a very bad experience. Many parents um, uh, didn't want to use them because they heard, heard the stories about what kind of changes children uh, could get. That's what's happening, okay? The treatment of just of infection. You know, but time pass, is passing by. I mean, this, I see more and more children, and I started to pay attention to some conditions which are known to us uh, as autoimmune, not disorders, autoimmune diseases. Because it's, uh, there is a huge class of autoimmune diseases, it's uh, 100 to 150 diseases, we call them autoimmune. And just before we start talking about autoimmune diseases, uh, I must say uh, that we know now the great majority of all, if not all autoimmune diseases, they are a result of previously um, previous infection. It's, there is a known mechanism to us at this point when the immune system uh, starts uh, getting distributed and uh, let me put this way uh, to make it uh, simple to understand. The immune system is, let's say it's blind. It's blind at the same time it's overactive. I mean, and what happens in this case? Uh, because it's all our microbes, uh, viruses, uh, bacteria, fungi, uh, ourselves, we build of uh, proteins, we build of some carbohydrates, some structures, uh, sugary structures, let's say, not because of that, they call them uh, carbohydrates. And uh, lipids, but the initial, let me say, product, let me say, for making us is a protein. And this protein, uh, I mean, and proteins are enzymes to make lipids, proteins are enzymes to make sugars, I mean, it's in our body. Uh, but in terms of recognition, uh, because in many cases, not in all cases, I mean, our immune system uh, in order to find uh, non-self agent like a bacterium or virus uh, or fungus, uh, has a system of recognition. And recognition, uh, I mean, uh, a molecule which would be considered, uh, I mean, for recognition, we call this an antigen. Antigen is a foreign molecule, for example, the immune system can detect when attacked. I mean, and uh, tries to destroy. But when we have autoimmune, when we have a dysregulating system, uh, the immune system uh, starts attacking on proteins, our own proteins. And this is, in this case, uh, what we have, and we have an autoimmune disorder of different kinds, depending on the tissue, uh, for example, which was. Miss, let me put uh, uh, misunderstood. For example, instead of attacking uh, some viruses, uh, some antibodies or some cells who are responsible for this, this type of immunity, they attack our brain cells. In this case, we have uh, a condition 
you notice when we produce, let me say, a huge amount of these mediators, it could be uh, it could be a surgery using uh, um, because it's it's uh, it's pro-inflammatory. I mean, just when we have anesthesia, uh, many parents are having. They say, okay, my child got a good infection and after this. He started or she started getting worse. We collect, when we collect information, yes, uh, about eight or nine percent people connected to this group vaccination. But the great majority of cases, actually, they are different. Even some uh, psychological stress, of course, something like this, because psychological stress, let me say, is definitely uh, affecting the immune system. That's what we see. And similarly, okay, it has nothing to do with infection, but infection is the beginning, and we see uh, this, I mean, consequence in different forms. But now what we see in, uh, in these children, we see a huge number of autoimmune pathology. Autoimmunity, uh, explain what autoimmunity is. Okay. People don't, uh, don't know or don't pay attention, or physicians don't pay attention. But these children, they're having, uh, many of them, they have psoriatic problems. They have uh, phantom dermatitis. They have eczema, many of them. Eczema in, in this part. They, uh, when they get older, they start developing uh, diabetes type 1. And I saw some uh, children with it. Uh, insulin resistance, which is actually very close to diabetes type 2, in small children who are six, seven, eight years, okay, uh, he or she has symptoms of type 2 diabetes. You wouldn't see this from say, regular children. And there is another type of diabetes, we call it diabetes insipidus, or non-sugar diabetes. It's so, we see, uh, I would say, we see it so often in these children. I mean, it means you know, because this type of diabetes actually is having uh, two causes called central mechanism or peripheral mechanism. If things are taking place in the field of, I mean, in the area of hypothalamus and hypophysis or in the kidneys or both. And it's easy to diagnose. I mean, because uh, uh, children are drinking a huge amount. They have polydipsia. I mean, drinking a lot of water, three, four liters of liquid, of liquid a day, and I mean, producing uh, up to four liters of urine, up to five liters of urine. It's absolutely, and it's coming from inflammation, hmm. coming from infection, and we can find infection in the kidney. Okay, another thing is just, uh, just numeration. These children are having rheumat uh, rheumatoid arthritis. It's typical for them. They have uh, ulcerative colitis, nasal tendencies. They, uh, they have celiac disease. Mm. Uh, it can be separate disease, but you know, in autistic children, obviously, it's a kind of well-known state. Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm not talking about uh, uh, autistic uh, brain disorder. I mean, it's because uh, about 20, 30, 40, or maybe more percent kids, they, ha they have 
uh, of the damage to the brain. This is what uh, we're having. And you know, just if you put together all things, and uh, for example, a parent is coming uh, to uh, a doctor, and when the parents is talking to a doctor, he tries to explain something about uh, some other things. You know what kind of answer they're going to get? Okay, it's, it's not mine. Go to endocrinologist. Mm -hmm. uh, go to uh, gastroenterologist. Okay, allergy. It's not, it's not up to me. There, there is a different uh, type of doctor. And this poor parent, let me say, with a huge number of things to discuss with somebody, has no idea what to do, has no idea who to go. Because actually, we don't have this type of specialist. No. This is the case. Uh, and uh, when, uh, a few times, when I tried to present this to, uh, to some experts from different universities. And uh, when I was presenting something of this type, but uh, actually right in the beginning, when I was start talking about this, I started seeing how some of them will start leaving the country as well. You know, when I asked about this, some people I know, you say, what else? You are talking to somebody who understands EBA therapy. Uh, they do some study how to improve language. I mean, this type of things. And you talk about something that they never studied. Okay, it's not, uh, it's not a situation in which, for example, these people should be blamed. Okay, they have been trained to do something. And they try to do something, but, but you know, how uh, a therapist uh, can treat uh, autoimmune diseases, how a therapist can treat viral diseases or inf uh, bacterial infections or some other things related, somatic problems. And then just, and this poor child, lives, let me say, in the state of, I mean, severe pain. And you know what's, what's, uh, what's important? Uh, maybe, I know this is a topic, I can talk about this with, with no, uh, I mean, endlessly. But uh, talking to children who started getting better or seeing the ones you know, it's interesting. I mean, just for some parents, I'm saying, look, okay, okay, you go away. I don't need you. Uh, you don't need me anymore. No, no, no. I, need you. I said, look, okay, because there's a, a, a questionnaire we called, uh, called CARS 1, uh, CARS 2. It, it's, it's an official questionnaire which would describe the state of autism in a child. And it's uh, well used, uh, and children who start uh, at a very high level, 
when, when they won, I mean, by scoring the win over uh, uh, 30. Says there is no, there is no argument. But I said, okay, let, let's let's go lower, 25. I'm just sorry. And when this uh, parents would come to somebody, as I told you, a psychiatrist would, would never diagnose autism. But the parents cannot uh, cannot stop because they say. If autism comes back, said it wouldn't. Uh, but they say, okay, okay, our child is not speaking well. I said, now, you know, just there are no medications for me to improve his or her speaking ability. But you are having a child who, who never spoke, and he or she was told that uh, uh, your child wouldn't be able to speak at all. Now he or she is speaking. Of course, he or she is speaking, let me say. Uh, a kind of a broken using broken language. But you know what you see every month, every week, when you train a child, when you talk to him or to her, not because uh, your child is not ready for school yet, but he or she is ready, let me say, just for communication. Mm -hmm. Because he now finally, he or she needs to hear more. Uh, he or she needs to understand what the word or sentence means. Uh, this just need to understand, let me say, the connection between saying and doing. I mean, this is the way. It's a long process, but they already started. That's what you need to do. And then your child will be uh, fully spoken. Wouldn't be a problem. And in this case, uh, I would say this is what today we discussed, an infection and how they are connected. Uh, to uh, possible hypersensitivities, I mean, allergies, uh, how they connected to. That's why, actually, at an age, the Institute uh, studying infectious diseases is called the Institute of Allergy and Infectious mm -hmm. Diseases. NIAID. Yeah. Or NAID, yeah. Yeah, it's together. And, uh, but, and we discussed uh, autoimmunity. And it's logical, uh, you know, sometimes uh, when, when I started these uh, discussions, I was always told, okay, you cannot say you need to, tra to treat autism with uh, antimicrobials or immunomodulators or anti-inflammatory medications or supplements. Uh, and people worried because of such a uh, because officially, say just it's, and the government supports it. If you come, if you come either to the government or to foundation, you say, okay, I'm treating autism uh, using this and this. This you know, it's crazy. Because autism, let me say, is not an infectious disease. You say it's not autoimmune disease. It's not uh, the disease uh, inflammatory. In this case, how could you treat? Uh, autism with uh, medications or supplements which are having completely different purpose. Finally, I said, okay, okay, let's treat not autism because all these conditions are, uh, I mean, typical for many people. 
But in the case of autism, we see this uh, the full basket of these disorders. Uh, if uh, in regular children we could see just one symptom or one disorder, we have a dozen or two dozen problems. But you know, but it's, it's, in this case, some people would say like one of the, I mean, pretty well uh, medical administrators, they said, okay, Ken, with this number of disorders, yes, uh, I would agree, but how are we going to treat them? I said, it's easy. There is no necessity to treat even understand etiology with ethotropic treatment. It's pretty well known. Uh, then we need to use some pathogenic treatment. A number of things uh, for treatment is not so big. There is no necessity to. Uh, recently, I saw some company which actually uh, designed some molecule and collected one billion. Who uh, said they went public or investment? I mean, just for the for one molecule. But you know, it seems to me, in some cases, we are not talking science. We are talking about marketing. Okay, somebody saying, okay, okay, guys, we have a molecule, oh, it's a miracle molecule, it's, it's a magic bullet, it's, it's a kind of silver bullet. So they collected that money and they disappeared. That's what is happening. Yeah. That's what, uh, from, from this point, uh, but this type of treatment is actually zero. There is no necessity to, to uh, I mean, that may be the problem why uh, that's that's the problem. players wouldn't be involved okay <laughs> there's no way to to, to make to make uh, uh, big bucks and, yeah uh, but for the parents for the foundations and maybe this type of treatment should be uh, should be kind of charity based uh, or it should, it, should, it should be kind of program in which uh, it shouldn't be a business I mean, of course, of course, it should, should be people who are doing this work should be paid. Sure. But it shouldn't be the business like uh, somebody creates a kind of one molecule and then makes a billion or two billion bucks. It's, it's not the case because in this particular case, there is no single medication which has no approval for treating. Uh, particular conditions we see in autism. That's what I'd like to say today about autoimmunity, infectious disease, uh, allergies, and then next time, when you have time, I'd like to discuss this interconnection. Absolutely. It's, it's so simple for me. This is what actually is shocking. It's so simple. And we just don't look at this. Looks like there is some big, uh, huge number of scientists who are getting funding for doing research. Yes, it's uh, important for science. Uh, it's really important and uh, should move forward. But we need we need to understand in addition to that kind of uh, basic science, with some funding or some molecular mechanism. There is something which is already well known. We should think because scientists who are working with it, I would say 99% of them never never saw autistic kids. Maybe because autism is 
is a science of clinicians. And clinicians should be involved. Uh, we need to go to so-called, uh, like in the field of cancer, uh, multifunctional uh, groups, uh, even several physicians in different fields. I mean, and go into this, uh, just, they will see everything in their field. It seems to me now uh, we need to stop talking about that we uh, want all infections, especially, uh, I mean, uh, COVID actually showed us that we, we didn't solve anything. Uh, and we need to go back, let me say, to, uh, to black bars, let me say, creating uh, some groups, positions, and we need to have an institution who say, okay, guys, Okay, let's collect uh, uh, think tanks, uh, physicians, and let's have fights and uh, discussions, and uh, having a group of uh, good scientists, physicians, would be able to create a kind of, maybe for the first time, some consensus type recommendation for treating some comorbid conditions for autism, and some underlying conditions. And uh, people would see how these children who were suffering for years would become better. Sounds good. Um, Dr. Albeck, as always, I'll send you an email and we'll, we'll schedule the next one. Sound good? Okay, uh, and uh, because you remember you have some, uh, I mean, you wanted to ask some questions, maybe next time, uh, you, you know, just uh, Tommy, it should be up to you. Uh, you can ask a specific question because to me, you, you know, I can talk about this nonstop. I, well, I know it's it's last time I asked so many questions. I I didn't want to derail the conversation this time. That's why I didn't say anything. I figured I'd, I'd let you go this time and next time. We'll Understand because me. today we we, talk, we talked about uh, a kind of uh, inseparable uh, uh, topic. I mean, very difficult to uh, to separate. Uh, I said what I said, mm -hmm. and what I wanted to say. Uh, but next time, uh, I'd like to show why we see this thing. So let me see sure. how it looks from from uh, from uh, lab test standpoint, uh, instru uh, instrumental diagnosis, and based on this, we say okay, just to confirm that it's not kind of. Uh, uh, incident, uh, it's, it's kind of regularity, medical regularity, and using well-known approved treatment methods, there is no necessity to have a new approval. There is no necessity to treat autism. Okay, okay, guys, let's start treating these conditions, these disorders, they are in front of us. That's it. You, you know, something like this, okay, if somebody having a, uh, a cardiovascular pathology, but in addition to cardiovascular pathology, he or she is having some, uh, some kidney infection or some lung infection, doesn't mean that we're not going to treat this condition. Mostly mm -hmm. we will. With autism, it's absolutely the same thing. And people will see, for example, how as soon as we start getting rid of this or suppressing this 
pathologist, uh, people would be amazed to see completely different things. Okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll make sure to pipe up next time, and I'll throw in my questions and pick your brain. And um, yeah, Doctor Albeck, as always, it's such a pleasure to have you on here, and thank you for some uh, time out of your day. Tommy, I'd like to say thank you to you because uh, you are a great person. Thank you. Because you are the only one who decided to listen to this and hopefully this will move forward. We'll see how your, I mean, uh, channel or what to say, uh, would be progressing because people who are interested in these conditions they will start getting looking at this more and more. Beautiful. Well, it's a, okay. it's a total pleasure to have you on here to have you talk about this topic. It's it's a, it's it's kind of a shame that no one else wants to listen. But hey, that's that's more for me. So if I if I get all the Doctor Alabek, that's not a bad thing in my book. Okay. thank you very much. Yes, we'll be happy to talk to you in time soon. Absolutely. I'll send you an email after this and I'll, and I'll email you this episode when it's up. It'll be up sometime this evening and then we will schedule the next episode. It will be great. The only thing that uh, I'm going to Virginia next week because Mary uh, wants to spend a uh, whole week together with me. It, okay. it will be quite a challenge because she, lo uh, she loves to go either to New York or to Nashville or uh, Vermont. Can you imagine to drive from Virginia to Vermont I and mean, then, then from Vermont to Boston, from Boston to uh, some other places, I mean, to New York again and uh, to Ohio? It's once for four days, I was driving for 2,500 miles. Good Lord. <laughs> it was You're a madman. Mad but because she's, she's a lovely girl. And yeah. Artistic, of course, and to be together with her. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, well, um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll schedule around that if it's the week after or whenever, or we'll get to it. And um, okay. like I said, I'll send you this episode when it's up. And Doctor Alvin, mm -hmm. as always, thank you so much for coming on here, sir. Thank you to you. Thank yes, you. Mm -hmm. God bless everybody. Stay safe out there, Doctor Albeck.